So I think it was, was it Monday, Debbie? Monday morning, I was in my office minding my own business. Um, and the tall guy in charge, y'all know him as Mike Lumpkin, came in and said that we were totally scrapping the agenda for Sunday and our sermon series because he had had this amazing meeting with Debbie Hewer, and the Lord had really put something on her heart. Um, and I, I said, that's great, and I love Debbie, and I love to hear what she has to say. And so Debbie, um, well, I wasn't there, so... Why were you even in Mike's office? There's two switches on this one for some reason. Um, I have been praying for the prayer team because we're going to have our kickoff tonight. And I've been praying for the church and, um, and, and for our family. And... Um, Buddy had been coming home since he's a member of the vestry and the finance committee, and and he was telling me that that it was times financial times were tough here at the church. Can I interrupt you for a second? Sorry. Yes. And so the background to this is simply, um, if you've been here, especially this summer, you've noticed that um, or you've heard us speak to our financial situation in 2013, and the exciting news is we're moving ahead on a lot of different fronts. Um, with how we're impacting the world in Jesus' name. Um, but we, in 2013, quite frankly, are lagging behind financially. And um, we are, are, the Lord has put it on our hearts to um, speak about this issue of generosity to the congregation um, and to bring it before you again and again, just as Jesus did before his disciples. And one thing I would say on that is um, simply, we do it not because, uh, we, don't, we don't give because the church needs money, um, we give because it's, it's a heart thing, and it's, it's, we, we don't want money to take hold of our hearts. Um, don't tell Mike, you can give your money away to whoever you want to. Um, I think St. Paul's personally is a really great place um, to give your money. We would love for you to do that. But, but Jesus commends that to us because the Lord has given to us abundantly, um, and, and the things that he has given us actually belong to him, and we're called to return them to that. So um, that's just a brief interlude. Debbie was praying about this because Buddy's coming back from all these meetings where we're talking about it. And so, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fine. And to put your mind at ease, this message that the Lord gave me is not just about giving. I opened to the book of Joel, and um, I thought, okay. And I started reading, and I thought, oh my, this book is for such a time as this. Mm. The land of Judah was in complete devastation. Swarms of locusts had gone through the land and had um, devoured everything. There was nothing left, nothing. There were no provisions for the people, and it was even to the point that there was nothing to bring to the altar as offerings and sacrifices. Nothing. So that's where we're going to pick up. In Joel 1, 12. The vine has dried up and the fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely, joy has withered away from the sons of men. These people had nothing. Of course, their joy was gone. And then down in verse 13, it says, 
for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Now, because of that, the covenant, because there was no sacrifice or no offering to bring to the altar, the covenant between God and his people had been broken. But we're going to move on. There's hope. Now, this is what Joel told the people. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders, and call the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to God. Seek God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Now, when they blew the trumpet, the trumpet was a shofar. It was a ram's horn, and it was a sign of impending danger. And sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Okay? Then we go on to verse 12. And it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. God just wants us to seek him. He wants us to want to know him. It's not for show. Repentance is not for show. Repentance is just to come into the presence of the Lord and to seek him and to desire him. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call an assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babes. Pray and fast. When there's nothing else left to do, when there's no recourse, there's nowhere to turn, you can always turn to God. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Then in verse 18, it says, Then, then, the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer to his people, Behold, I send you grain and new wine and oil. He said, If you turn to me, I will provide for you. I will provide for you, and not only for you, but I will provide even the offering and the sacrifice that you're to give to me. Mm. Behold, read that, sorry. Um, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. In verse 21, it says, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done marvelous things things after you've prayed after you've repented and prayed and sought the Lord and he has provided then we are to give thanks we're to rejoice in what God has done for us and in us and through us he will cause the rain to come down for you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month the threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. 
there will be an abundance of provision and an abundance of the presence of the Lord. Remember, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never, shall never be put to shame. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. And my people shall never be put to shame. Now, in verse 28, Joel is prophesying. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth. Now, I have a little footnote here I want to read from my Bible. The prophecy awakens God's people to the larger purpose he has of reaching out to the world around us through all who would be available to the work of his spirit. The result of this will be the salvation of all those who will call upon the name of the Lord as they witness God's spirit at work in his people. And I have a little note that I wrote down here. Does my life, is my life a reflection of God's spirit at work? Down in verse 32, it says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I have another little footnote to read. Joel was called to prophesy. The people were in defeat, famine, and despair. Probably most of us sitting in here are in defeat, famine, and despair in some area of our life. Physically, spiritually, maybe relationships, marriage. And they had no vision at all. The word says, my people lack, I'm, I'm sorry, my people perish for a lack of vision. God has given Mike and this church a vision for 2013 to reach the people in this church, the heart, to minister to the people of this church, to your hearts, to your family, and to the community, to your neighbors. He's given us a vision. They didn't even have a vision for prayer. They were in such despair that they couldn't pray. They didn't turn to the Lord. They didn't ask of the Lord. They didn't rely on the Lord. His sounding of the trumpet was a call to a sacred assembly, and it opens a prayer mobilization. 
he concluded and helped the people see that they had no recourse but to pray. And apart from divine intervention, they were done. They were finished. I mean, their whole culture was gone. They were gone. By showing the people the pathway to prayer with fasting and humility, and by declaring God's promise, if they would pray. And then, if they would pray, what would happen? And that would be the empowering of the Holy Spirit to form a spiritually empowered, praying, ministering people. People that would help other people. To pray with the same promise today, whatever the desperation of your circumstances. So no matter what you're going through, if you seek God in prayer and fasting with humility, he's going to answer you. And he's going to restore. And he's going to provide. But we have to ask. Do you want me to tell the, the little testimony that I gave this morning? Do you feel so led? Go for it. Um, I gave a testimony this morning. And I wasn't, it just kind of came up to me out of the blue. Um, Buddy and I used to be farmers <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> I was raised on a farm. What'd you farm? We farmed tobacco. Okay. <laughs> You're forgiven. <laughs> it's my mother's fault I was born there. <laughs> um, but anyway, my father died, and um, this city boy uh, went back to the farm to take over the farms. And it was at such a time as this, when the economy had, the bottom had just fallen out. Um, we were there for four years, and we just, I mean, the bottom fell out. And we lost everything we had. We lost everything. And Buddy found... Um, Thank you, Jesus. But he found a, an engineering job at Santee Cooper, and we moved to Somerville. And But about three months before we moved, we knew we were going to have to have money to move, and there was no money. There was no money. I kept the, the, our account. Buddy did the farm account. So, And I started learning about giving out of your need just giving out of your need. So the little bit we did have, I just started to give. Just a little bit. Every week, I just started to give to the Lord in faith. And when it came time for us to move, the bank statement came in. We had, we had $4,000 in that bank account. Now, Buddy will vouch for I am not a bookkeeper. I am not a financial person. <laughs> but I do know how to add two and two. And I, I don't know where that money came from, except it had to be the Lord. Anyway, we had money to move here and, and get a fresh start. And God has returned. And God, everything that 
had been taken away, God has restored and returned. And so from that point on, believe me, we believe in giving. But it's not only about your money. It's about praying for the person in the pew next to you. It's about seeing a need and, and meeting and help meet that need. My mother was in the hospital for two weeks, and we didn't know if she was going to live or not. But she's living. She's cool. here. And a young man in our family came to the hospital room, and three weeks previously he had tried to take his own life. But he heard Mama was sick, and he loved Mama. He came and he sat for two hours, and he held her hand. And he thought he was coming to love her and to bless her. But when he got there, even in the midst of all of that, she and I and my sister and all of us there, we prayed for, we had the privilege of praying for him and ministering to his needs. So in saying all of that, I just want you to know, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can go forth and minister in the name and in the love of the Lord. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Debbie. I think what's, what's striking from the, the book of Joel and the passage Debbie read to us is that God's call on the nation of Israel when they had nothing was actually to give more. And they, were, they had nothing. And God said, well, you need to give, give to me. And, and, and giving out of our nothingness is kind of what, what it's all about. And I even think that um, Christ gave us life out of his death. Out of nothing, Jesus gave us life. And um, that's what the Christian life is all about, is, is giving sacrificially um, on behalf of others. And whether that's finances or your time or... Um, your home, anything. It's, it's, about, it's about giving for the sake of what God has done for us. So thank you for your testimony and your, um, your exposition of Scripture. Nicely done, Debbie. Um, and thank you all for, um, for, for going with a slight change of pace away from the end of our sermon series. Let's stand.